0: Makasha! This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up!
1: Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike
0: Templeton. Ooh, that was a good alpha one.
2: Uh, thank you. It was a little little spoiler for what's coming up in this episode.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's in the title. So. But, oh yeah. yeah, I guess Double it was spoiled. <laughs> you just need a little distortion to your voice, just like a little bit, and it would be. be you know, right my mic's on. been acting
2: up enough tonight. We may have the distortion.
1: We may. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Spencer, what are we doing tonight, <laughs> man? <laughs> Tonight we're covering episodes 37, 38, and 39 of season four. We're finishing it. Woo! So that is The Big Bug Blunder, The Foot Soldiers Are Revolting,
0: and Unidentified Flying Leonardo.
2: Three absolute banger
1: episodes. Uh, They're they're episodes.
2: It's a good way to end the season. We talked last week about how Splinter vanishes uh, with our fabulous host, Jason, from uh, Turtle Recall. Um, about how like Splinter Vanishes could have been the season finale. But, I, yeah, I, I, th- I think it ends on a strong note here.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unidentified <laughs> Flying Leonardo is a terrible ending. It's a terrible <laughs> but It's, it's season par for finale. course.
2: It's par for course with season four because it's like season yeah. four had so many, like the highs were very high and the lows were
0: very low. And and so this was like, a very low. This is a banger in the way that it makes you bang your head against the wall. <laughs> I mean,
2: fair, yeah. <laughs> but oh boy, what three, uh, three fun episodes? How about that?
1: They are that. They okay, two. they are. They are. I, that. I guess. Right. I don't know. Maybe All I'll right. give you two. I'll give you two fun episodes. <laughs> two fun. Well, episodes.
2: I think I know which two they're <laughs> gonna be because they just happen to be written by someone we haven't seen in a while.
0: Good yeah, old. so should we go ahead and get into it and start to tell some
1: stories? Yeah, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. All right. Episode 37, Big Bug Blunder. Written by Michael Reeves. A
2: Michael Reeves joint.
1: Yeah, he's back.
2: I say We haven't had a Michael Reeves joint in a long time.
1: Indeed. So this episode aired December 1st of 1990. All right, so Bebop and Rock City are trying to shoot a fly with their laser guns in the Technodrome. They accidentally hit some chemicals up of a batch of mutagen that Shredder and kring are preparing. It messes up the mutagen, but when the fly lands in the mutagen, it grows to a ginormous size. To get rid of this fly, they open up a portal to Earth and let it loose there. This gives Shredder and Krang an idea. They'll get more bugs and make a giant bug army. Back on Earth, the fly is causing chaos. It catches the attention of Genghis Frog, who is visiting, and he pursues it. After seeing it on the news, the turtles arrive in their blimp to find the frog hanging from the fly by his tongue. They help their buddy down and spill a truckload of syrup to catch the fly. It works. The fly is stuck to the syrup. In the time it takes to stop the fly, Krang and Shredder have already set 3 more bugs loose on the city. This proves too much for the turtles to handle and their blimp is popped by a giant wasp. They regroup with bug repellent and borrow a giant balloon to make a new blimp. Krang and Shredder decide to mutate a whole colony of ants now. So Shredder comes to Earth to do it. Just as he's about to enact his plan, And as Krang opens a portal for a quick getaway, the turtles come with a herd of giant bugs being repelled towards Shredder. They follow Shredder into the portal, and the turtles have sent all the bugs back to Dimension X by doing so. They go back to the sewers, and they hang out with Genghis. The end.
2: What a fantastic episode.
1: Yeah. I I missed Michael Reeves, you know? You know, the next one was better. Speaking of Michael Reeves.
0: Speaking of him,
2: about what?
1: You muted your mic.
0: I was was trying to set you up there, Mike.
2: Oh, got it. Keep this all (laughs) All in, Spencer. (laughs) Speaking of Michael Reeves, the next Michael Reeves joint uh, is The Foot Soldiers Are Revolting. Original air date, December 8th, 1990. The second of two Michael Reeves joints tonight. The Turtles watch a videotape April made of a previous fight against Bebop and Rocksteady, which ends with Donatello tricking them into headbutting each other. Michelangelo wonders aloud why Krang and Shredder even keep them around, because of their constant incompetence. Meanwhile, in the Technodrome, Shredder has finally had enough of Bebop and Rocksteady's failures yet again, and fires them finally. Krang questions who else they can use to carry out their schemes, since the foot soldiers are neither tough nor intelligent. So Shredder decides to use an intelligent enhancing machine on one of the foot soldiers. He selects a foot soldier designated Alpha One and places it under the machine. But at the same time, Rocksteady and Bebop are playing video games and a power fluctuation causes the machine to explode. Alpha One is intellectually enhanced far beyond what his creators had intended and decides that he's going to conquer Earth without Shredder and The Turtles are about to stop watching the video when Leonardo spots something fall from Bebop's vest when he falls in the video. Donatello identifies it as an advanced wave modulator and confirms that it would be disastrous if Krang had gotten his tentacles on it. The Turtles then set out to the place where it fell. Alpha One not only proves to be hyper-intelligent, but he's easily able to control the other foot soldiers, turning them against Shredder and Krang. They're loaded into an escape pod and ejected from the Technodrome after Alpha-1 declares his intention to exile all organic life from Earth to Dimension X. He's about to do the same with Bebop and Rocksteady when they mention the wave modulator, which piques his interest. He decides to keep them around just so they can show him where it is. Meanwhile, Donatello has found the device just before a portal deposits Bebop and Rocksteady and Alpha-1 in front of them. The Foot Soldiers prove to be abnormally competent at fighting under Alpha-1's control, and Alpha-1 manages to get the wave modulator from Donatello. The Foot Soldiers retreat to Dimension X, but leave Bebop and Rocksteady behind. Alpha-1 then appears atop a New York skyscraper, and plans to build a dimensional displacement device to transport all organic life to Dimension X. When fired, the device materializes Irma, Vernon, and Byrne in the Technodrome, much to their horror. Alpha-1 begins zapping all the people and animals away just as the turtles emerge from the sewers. They manage to dodge the blast, as do Bebop and Rock City in April, and make their way into the skyscraper. Shredder and Krang, meanwhile, are headed for for a plasma storm. Krang mentions that there's a very small chance that the storm will recharge their power cells. That indeed is what happens, allowing them to head back to the Technodrome and discover that it's full of people and animals from Earth. They send them back through the portal. Foot soldiers attack the turtles in the stairwell of the skyscraper, and Rocksteady proves to be somewhat competent at dispatching them. After a brief scuffle, the turtles April, Rocksteady, and Bebop find themselves facing the dimensional displacer's barrel until the displaced humans suddenly appear nearby and distract Alpha-1. Donatello pulls the wave modulator from the dis- from the device, causing it to short-circuit and blast Alpha-1 into an unknown dimension. Donatello then replaces the wave modulator and zaps Bebop and Rocksteady into Dimension X just before the machine overloads and explodes. Rocksteady and Bebop appear on the Technodrome and beg for their old jobs back, taking credit for disposing of Alpha-1. Shredder reluctantly rehires them and is immediately knocked flat by Rocksteady. The Turtles are then seen eating pizza when they hear Alpha-1's voice coming from Donatello's lab. It turns out that he's, that he's hooked up the trans-dimensional portal to Cable, turning it into a widescreen TV and they all enjoy pizza in front of it. the end.
0: Wonderful, wonderful storytelling. All right. I'm bringing up the rear here. This is the season finale, unidentified flying Leonardo season four, episode 39, originally aired December 8th, 1990 written by Sean Roach. So April is on her way upstate to meet with a reporter friend about some UFO sightings. Splinter tells Leo to take the turtle van and go up and keep an eye on her. While he's scoping out the place, some weird things happen. He's accosted by some rapidly growing corn stalks and sees a weird-looking helicopter flying around. Leo tries to warn April about what's going on while she's meeting with her reporter friend in a diner by banging on the window instead of just calling her on the turtle com. and he's spotted. The locals are already on the edge because of all the supposed UFO activity in the area, and they think that Leo is a Martian. He's able to get away thanks to a nearby garbage truck. April calls Leo on his turtle comm, and they make arrangements to meet up. However, Leo's accosted by more rapidly growing giant vegetables, this time mutant broccoli and a giant killer pumpkin. His struggles were picked up by Splinter, who wakes up from a nap in a panic, telling the other turtles that they need to go find them. Um, instead of calling April or Leo on the turtle comm to see where they are, they instead take the blimp and re- randomly zigzag around upstate New York to see if they can spot Leo and April. They do eventually get the idea to call Channel 6 and ask Vernon Vernon where April went. In the meantime, April is kidnapped by that weird helicopter just as Leo arrives to meet with her. With the help of a local hillbilly, Leo follows the helicopter to the lair of Dr. Davos, a mad scientist slash cowboy who has made a Vita Ray, a beam capable of making vegetables huge. With it, he plans to either make a ton of money selling massive produce or destroy the city. It's not really clear. Uh, the other turtles show up and help April get free of Dr. Davis's farmhouse. Dr. Davos runs to his truck, but the turtles point the Vita Ray at it, making the vegetables in the truck bed grow to gargantuan proportions and crush Dr. Davos. Uh, Leo steals the helicopter for a while, uh, but he convinces the hillbilly that he's not a Martian, and the helicopter isn't his UFO, and instead he's one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that the entire world knows and has been on TV Several times about Um tools go home. The end. It was riveting. Absolutely riveting. Absolutely
1: riveting. <laughs> I tried not to editorialize.
2: It it was <laughs> straight to the point. <laughs>
1: right. You got it. I mean, I, I i nixed some scenes and things like that that really didn't need to be in my episode <laughs> too. So you're good. Like the well, entire... I
2: read the
0: entire thing.
1: Good for you, Mike.
0: Good on you. All right, are we ready to talk about some some tidbits and, and pooping the second time around.
2: I think so.
1: Let's do it. Hey, nice junk. All Weird right. detail that I just want to point out: the scorpion has like human eyes instead of like bug eyes. It's adorable. It I've is. seen that.
2: I've seen that a couple times. It, <laughs> it reminds me of like the scorpions from the uh, Ducktales movie, The Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Uh huh. I don't know if you've seen that one i have not uh, i have not seen any ducktales movies oh it's oh, great yeah. y- you should definitely watch that uh it's streaming now on disney plus the mm-hmm. but like they anthropomorphize the scorpions like giving them a face and like a mouth kind of thing mm-hmm. so i mean i don't know if that's like that's just the thing to make them more huggable
1: yeah. yeah, I don't know, like all the other bugs have bug eyes though And then like these guys just have like these round like white eyes with pupils I, I don't know, there's something about it that was just funny to me And just a weird it, detail, it's not an anchovy And it's not I love being a turtle either It's just, it's just a thing, so I decided to present it to the class <laughs> <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> Show and tell The scorpions have human eyes and I don't know why, but they do <laughs> uh, I'm
0: going to plug another podcast real quick Because Mike, you said you're into ducktails. Are you listening to It's a Duck Blur?
2: Uh, i'm not
0: it is a ducktales review podcast
2: okay it's a i'm popular. i'm friends with the guys from duck talks
0: and Ooh, i heard that one uh yeah
2: that they are fantastic guys oh. uh, i've been uh twitter mutuals with them for years okay um yeah they're definitely great uh I don't have to check that out. Are they talking about like just the old show, the new show?
0: Uh they were talking about the old show. I think they got through it. It's a it's an Australian couple that does it. Okay. Um, and I think they eventually went on to some other shows, but the initial plan was just the original series. I think they even started before the new series came out. So Mm. yeah.
1: Could you imagine running out of content and like just deciding to branch out into other things as a podcast? That'd be wild.
0: I, I know, right? <laughs> I know. For a podcast... while, it was
1: called like they changed the
0: title of it, and it became like Michael and Sarah Save Christmas, which That's I, I don't cute. exactly I like know that. what they were doing, but yeah, it it's gone through some iterations. I kind of dropped off of it, but
1: it I mean, was, podcast it a podcast
2: with singular funny. focus, like pff, who does that?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, picks like one niche thing, and uh... anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Rick, uh, so made myself feel bad this... now. <laughs> Rocksteady uses his sword
0: again in this episode. This is at he least does. the third time. Yeah. And
2: it's it's the wooden sword.
0: Yeah. We also see Mikey go into his shell, which I think this is only like the second or third time a turtle has done that. According
2: uh, yeah. to Turtlepedia, it is the second time that has happened. Cool.
0: And it just looks so wrong every time.
2: It does. It looks weird.
0: Yeah. Well, it's because they still have like shoulders sticking out, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's going to hollow like, holes.
2: Yeah, because like when you look at the when you look at the design like for the turtles, like you don't see that. Uh like you don't see the cut in the shell and like their arms and stuff. So it's yeah. like and so it's like seeing them retract into their shell like that, you're like, Oh, this is I don't know if I like that.
0: Telescoping bones, I'm telling you. It, yeah,
1: that's that's <laughs> what it the, is. One of the things that came with the mutation. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing, oh, they see. haven't broken them when they're full. Well, fun, fun
2: fact that came from Splinter from when he was a Moto Yoshi. That wasn't a turtle
0: thing. <laughs> Mato Yoshi could just do that, right? Right? It doesn't come up a lot in the show, but
2: it does, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It very rarely comes up, but it's a thing going back to Mirage. Like, don't right, even worry right. about it,
0: yeah.
2: Don't even Don't even fact check that.
0: Um, did you all see the sign that said no trespassing? Uh, I did not, I <laughs> I like, right was when that. the scorpion's like barreling through the fence of the construction site t-r-e-s-t-a-s-s-i-n-g trestassing. love it also i'm i'm probably reaching for straw or grass straws here but krang desperately wants mutant ants and we know that his uh executioner is Antrax, who is a mutant ant i don't know if that's intentional it's probably not but i thought it was kind of cool
2: I don't know. I can't believe that Anthrax was created at this point.
0: Maybe this was the inspiration for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I,
2: don't, I don't think. Uh. I don't think that's given. That's given everybody on this show a little too.
0: <laughs> to oh, it's to grasping straws.
2: But yeah, it. it I mean, it's it's kind that? of funny how like Krang just goes straight for, like. It goes straight from like, oh, this mutagen is a mess to straight to like, we're going to use it to make bugs.
1: Yeah. With like no clear plan. I and it, whatever. That, that, I'll get into that in anchovies, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all, all I have for that episode. So um, uh,
2: oh, sorry for big for big oh, yeah. bug, big bug blender. Uh This was the final appearance of Metalhead.
1: Oh, wow. He only appeared like twice then, right?
2: Yep. He only appeared in his original episode. And then in this one, when Donatello pulls him out to vacuum the room, and then that's the end of the gag and he's never seen
1: again. Wow. What a what a great way to use that cool robot like turtle design.
2: Just ab- yeah. Just absolutely wild that like Metalhead is such an iconic part of like the franchise that like for for him to only have appeared twice like it's one of those things that like where the toy was a hundred percent more iconic than he was
0: yeah yeah the toy then he was a boss in uh turtles in time that's right yeah that's good Good those are
1: both michael reeves episodes too the making a metalhead and big bug blunder but he's like one of the few characters to have made it like from the eighty seven series into the two thousand three series, they don't call him Metalhead, but there's a robot yeah. turtle that looks very much like Metalhead. <laughs> and,
2: I don't think Turtlebot looks anything like Metalhead, but I mean
1: he's a robot turtle. But he's a robot turtle. <laughs> it only looks so different. He's right? a robot but, turtle, and he's got like the same color scheme going on.
2: But we do have we do have Metalhead in twenty twelve
1: as well. Yes, we do have Metalhead with the name Metalhead as Metalhead. Yes
2: and also metalhead in the idw comic.
1: Yeah. And there's a metalhead mirage,
0: totally different. Totally different. We talked about that one. Yeah, right? yeah. I like that metalhead
1: a lot. You would like that. <laughs> I would. You're right, I would. I would and I do. I would and I
0: do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you, sir.
1: All
0: right, anything else for a big bug blunder or That is everything first? I noticed. So- yeah. Soldiers are revolting.
1: I don't which know if means, I'll- uh
0: it doesn't mean that they look
1: gross. It means that they are uh rebelling. It's like a workers' revolt, you know. Right, right. Yeah. This so, is Alpha One's first appearance. I don't know if he's gonna appear again. It seems like uh, they set is, it up that he could if they wanted him to.
2: This is Alpha One's only appearance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there it is. It does not See, come back. That that mutant madness, or what was it? Was it called Mutant Madness? That phone game. Yeah. Made me think that Alpha One and Tempestro were going to be way more important as characters and I was going to see them more often because <laughs> they were available in that game. But really they were just these one off characters that uh well, I mean, I guess Tempestro will appear, you know, at least one more time. Yeah. But
0: Alpha One was done hero
1: click when they came out with the team and T hero
0: clicks. So like someone took the time to sculpt a little alpha one for a board game.
2: But then also, like, we had uh the NECA, the NECA Ultimate Foot Soldier figure came with an Alpha One head.
0: And so, since I bought
2: three of those, I have three Alpha One <laughs> heads in my accessory box.
0: Oh, perfect. You could recreate all the animation errors from this episode. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk probably about that in Anchovies yeah. too, because I've seeing seen something like that.
2: This one isn't really an anchovy, but like, this is the first time we ever saw a Foot Soldier talk. Yeah. And like, Nobody really like comments on it. <laughs> yeah, like the, turtle, the turtles, the turtles are going to be
0: like. Oh, I forgot. Did we build them with voice boxes?
2: Yeah, like like did did Krang build them with voice boxes? And like Maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember the foot soldiers ever being stupid. Like they're just kind of drones.
1: I mean, they have like seemed pretty useless up to now. Like they do. Just kind of get chopped up and slaughtered and, and thrown about.
2: So I have a theory for that, and it's because the foot soldiers with the red foot insignia are like the super battle droids, and then the ones with the yellow foot insignia, which are the ones that like we've seen since season two, uh, are the like cheap disposable.
1: So it's kind of like, well, in my opinion, that's more like, you know, the first generation of B1 battle droids, which are like more intelligent, but they'll have a hive mind computer until the weakness is exposed of, you know, you can just destroy the main computer and they all shut down. And so then they had to go and give them the cheap brains and the cheap chips that so they can all have individual brains, but, you know, cut costs. And so that's why they become really stupid and and say funny things.
2: So, So there you go. If any one of these had said, Roger, Roger, this would have been perfect.
0: Yeah,
1: you're not wrong. Um,
0: I got two things. Uh, first off, we see Bebop's eye in this episode. Did y'all catch it?
2: Uh, no, that was like a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing.
0: It was right after that video game explodes. Like he's, he's sitting there, his, his sunglasses are cocked. You can see his eye under it. So I always thought Rocksteady never used his sword and that we never saw B.O.O.P.'s eye, but in two episodes, both of those things have happened. Also, I was looking, I think this is Michael Reeves' last episode. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through his list of episodes, and this is the last one listed. It looks like we've watched every other episode. So. Oh, man. I guess yeah. What a exciting. one to
2: end on.
1: It's time to retire the bit. The another Michael oh. Reeves joint bit. You <laughs> <laughs> bid you adieu, Michael Reeves. I was, I was
2: so excited. That he was back and now uh,
0: he has so had some good episodes. So Metalhead, Leatherhead, Terror of the Swamp. He did a rebel without a fin.
1: Splinter no more. Yeah, and and I would say that he went out on a pretty good note for this series with with the Foot Soldiers are revolting. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean my, it's it it's, a, it's a good movie. one. Mm. All right. Well, Michael Reeves, we send you off into the sunset, buddy.
0: Jeez. Do you have anything else for Foot Soldiers are revolting? No i got nothing all right unidentified flying leonardo this is sam roach's only writing credit on this show he's mostly known for his work on carmen san diego which after after watching this episode i understand why i never got into carmen san diego
2: wait which carmen san
0: diego uh where on earth the cartoon where oh.
1: is Carmen you go. you
2: go. God. Yeah. That theme song is one, top 10 top three cartoon theme songs. <laughs>
1: really?: Absolutely. All right, you know. Okay. All right.
2: That theme song has no right
0: being as good as it is.
1: Okay. All right, it's
0: like an opera song.
2: It, it like it, the way it and Spencer, I hope you splice it in this episode, <laughs> because it is epic. Like, the way it, like, it starts, and it's, like, that build-up, and then, like, when the chorus first comes in at the end of the first verse, like, oh, it hits. And, and just, like, it sets it up to be so epic. And, yeah. like, the show, it's all right. It's not, like, anything super cool. Like, I have it on uh, DVD. I bought the whole the whole series. Yeah. Um just because I love that theme song so much. And like, it, it's a fun show. Yeah. Um, if anything, like if they ever like, cause they've been trying to make like a Carmen San Diego movie for years. Mm-hmm. Like that, that Carmen, that Carmen San Diego design is like
0: perfect too. Didn't they make like a Netflix series a couple of years ago? They did.
2: It's cute. Uh, I didn't finish the first season. Uh, and the show, the show's over. Um, and it was, it was cute. It wasn't for me. Like I went into it expecting, where on earth is carmen san diego
1: it's cute it tried but it's not where on earth is carmen san diego
2: yeah like where (laughs) on earth it's like that show like hit with like it's like globe trotting adventures and the education and like just something about it always made it seem so cool and it's like the the characters were in a video game like they knew they were in the video game
0: yeah um it, it what a weird history, Carmen San Diego is because what it started as a video game and then it was like a a live action trivia game and then a cartoon, right?
2: Yeah. and it's like the trivia, you know, that you know, sing it rockapella like that theme song, that's a good that's that's a fun song. Where on Earth in Carmen San Diego is an epic song?
1: Yeah. for some reason, the one that stuck with me more, though, was Sherlock Holmes in the twenty second century. Oh I, know my it's, God. I know it's Ooh, not a good you know
2: what song. i remember that's the like show i don't remember the theme song
1: it's just like it's just very like 90s like uh i'm trying to think of like this it's like a super 90s sound but sherlock holmes in the 22nd, 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 century. Century. And 22nd century and it pretty much says that just like over holmes and over again
0: 22nd century. <laughs> yeah yeah okay it's it's very uh,
1: like 90s discotheque kind of yeah. thing going Spencer, on that's i have a
0: I have another podcast we haven't recorded an episode in like two years but so it's me and my buddy he's Uh 10 years older than me we take turns because we watched different cartoons growing up so we took turns like this week he'd show me a cartoon from his childhood this week I'd show him a cartoon from my childhood And like our second episode I showed him Sherlock Holmes in the
1: 22nd century and it is pretty bad I gotta admit I, I, (laughs) I can imagine it is I've been scared to look back on it but we had like a a channel that just played like older syndicate like just syndicated cartoons they must have had that was like probably local Mm -hmm. and uh we'd use it to fill in so we'd get like wacky world of tex avery garfield and friends uh carmen san diego sherlock holmes in the 22nd century and i think the littles as well would also
2: (sighs) i love the littles
1: here come the littles yeah all right
2: i got i have three more uh two of them are only are ones i really are Absolute bangers. One is just nostalgic to me. Uh, James Bond Junior.
1: Oh jeez, <laughs> which I just sent in that. the group
2: chat. Uh, I loved James Bond Junior. That was such a stupid show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It really um,
0: sounds yeah. stupid. It's a, so a stupid. It's based around like a, a spy having sex with uh, multiple women and using guns and oh, 60s smoking and whatnot. well let's we'll market it towards kids. That'll be yeah. great. Yeah. I mean,
2: it was that era of like Tom and Jerry kids, Flintstones kids. Like oh,
0: it was the era when like Rambo had a cartoon too. A yeah. named Scooby
2: Doo. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so James Bond Junior. Uh, Fox's Peter Pan and the Pirate. It's specifically called that. Uh, just a fantastic opening. There's no no lyrics to it, but it's really cool. Okay, um, okay. especially for like a, a show in like 1990. Um, it, it it still it's still really good. Like I would recommend watching that one. I think it's available on YouTube because like nobody's collected it. Um, but like, it really kind of gets a little dark <laughs> for for a Peter Pan cartoon. Uh-huh. Uh and then one uh that I just absolutely love is Extreme Ghostbusters.
1: Extreme yeah. Ghostbusters, yeah. Oh, yeah. That has to be a 90s reboot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it was
2: and so what's really cool about it, the theme song is absolutely amazing because it's like if Nirvana sang the Ghostbusters theme song. Oh, nice. It's really good. Um, and it's a sequel show to the real Ghostbusters. Okay um so like if you watch that show like it canonically takes place like years later like egon is like a professor and like the finale is the old gang coming back hmm. you cool. know um i just i love that show and then they brought like one of the characters into the idw ghostbusters comic which i loved um which is all, one of my all-time favorite comics is the idw, IDW ghostbusters um but uh toy galaxy just did a fantastic episode on it got a little got a few things wrong but you know dan does good work dan and greg do over the good work over there so uh definitely go check out that video i wanted to plug that for them
0: you know what what uh cartoon had a great theme song though attack of the killer tomatoes
2: attack of the killer Tomatoes.
0: and there's an attack of the killer tomatoes reference in this episode
2: that that was something i was gonna uh uh, doing my second time around. There is a gag for that. And then um, the reporter's like, it's already been done.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, no shredder, no prank this episode. There you go. You, see, you, love,
2: you love to not see it.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> it, it means that you're at least going to get something a little. Well, it used to mean that. <laughs> but, you know. Now it means mobster <laughs> or mad scientist. Yeah. And in this case, mad scientist. Um, I, I don't have anything for this episode, so whatever you guys got, that's that, all that I was have. it. All, all was right, that. let's uh talk about some anchovies then. No anchovies, you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can legend you know. So, yeah, the whole like bug thing they accidentally grow big bugs, right? Mm-hmm. And they just like send it out to the earth and they're like, we're gonna make a whole army and they get like three of them and they like dump some on it they throw them out there after the fly and then they're like uh let's go put it on a whole ant hill and just just make a whole bunch of giant ads giant like <laughs> i don't know there's just something about it that feels like they don't even know what they're doing they're just like we're gonna use this let's use it and we'll use it on whatever we can think of next like, yeah because
2: yeah. like they never explain how they're going to control these ants
1: yeah they never explain how they're going to control anything like it's literally just go out there and cause chaos destroy things and in the end we'll end up conquering earth what you know yeah. in, in the loosest definition i guess you know? yeah
0: sometimes their plots are like way too detailed I and mean, this one's just way too loose yeah like, it's so like Unigen a- plus ant question mark profit. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe Krang already has like a giant picnic basket somewhere that he's just like, all right, we'll set it up here. The ants will attack. We'll take over the world. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: But but I don't know. Considering the fact that they just like mutated three and then came up with the idea for the ant hive leads me to assume that there is no thinking ahead at all. It's just immediately like the first thought they have in their brains to make bigger with this potion Like, that's what they're doing. Yeah. It's like, uh, go get more bugs. They bring them in and they're like, okay, here we go. Let's send those out there. See what happens.
0: I thought it was weird that the technical already already had a wasp, a scorpion, and a praying mantis on board, but nothing else. You know, I mean, the scorpion must be Dimension X
1: scorpion. I was
2: was just going to say, we were talking about how weird the scorpion looked, but it's probably because it's a Dimension X scorpion.
1: Oh, okay. All right. All the bugs look a little weird. Like, the wasp doesn't. Isn't quite colored like a wasp, so I guess it's just Dimension X wasp.
2: it it's funny because like this would have been the perfect opportunity for Bugman to come back.
1: I thought
0: it was gonna be a Bugman episode.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, because like we literally just got introduced to him how many episodes ago? Like four or five episodes ago.
1: Hasn't been long, yeah. But don't worry, he'll return and Michelangelo meets Bugman again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like, like this would have, have been
1: continuing like uh, like ten,
2: episode, 10 episodes ago, God, long
0: ago Yet another time
2: um, But yeah like this would have been a perfect opportunity For Bugman to come back um, I thought it was funny that like Crane gives Shredder like A grenade with more mutagen In it and then when like when they lose it In the field and they come back to it later It's a beaker Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's like it's not, it's not even filled with like the same Like mutagen because like The mutagen Crane gave him was green And this one's like purple
0: I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like upsetting.
2: that. I was like, yeah. and like, and like, Shredder just picks it up. Like that was always what was there. And it's like this is clearly not what Krang had given you. Because Krang <laughs> literally tells you like, this grenade has like a time delay device on it. And it's like this beaker is literally just a beaker. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. This I don't know. It felt like a weird return to form. Like it really felt like a season two episode to me. Yeah.
1: Them. yeah the bug fight was boring all right like like you had the chance to see two bugs going at it and like it was just kind of like the same two animations of like one extending his arm out and the other one just kind of like making a tiny move like between the praying mantis and the scorpion like i i, I wanted more it's, from that you know
0: it's so boring i actually had this under i love but the the mantis and the scorpion are fighting and it's like They kind of punch each other, and then it just cuts to the mantis like slowly crushing windows in a skyscraper. Like, like okay, uh, we have to show him destroying the city. Like, oh, we'll just literally do that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hope somebody got fired for that
0: blunder. Well, the bug is like, oh, he's almost like looking at the camera while he does it. Like, ah,
1: ah, yeah, we're
0: a menace.
2: (laughs) Is this what you want? Are you not entertained?
1: The the also the entire opening scene is totally unnecessary with metalhead like like they it, it doesn't play into the rest of the episode like there's there's I don't even think that it really is shown to like have them notice something that ties into anything else like it's it's like its own mini short
0: oh yeah
2: just, it like it does nothing there's yeah. no reason for metalhead it, to be to here like,
0: blacks out at the end of it like it was a short that they made and they just yeah. like added it to the front of this yeah. I really think like of the of the episodes that you know like this is a toy commercial through and through but like this episode really felt like a to- toy commercial because it had metalhead for no reason and also it only had genghis not the other frogs and genghis I believe was the only one that had a toy out at this time
2: uh you might be right Napoleon I don't know when his figure came
0: out yeah he was a little later but I can probably look it up
2: uh, uh, Yeah, tmttoys.com toys.com the Virtual Ninja Turtle Toy Museum. I love that site. It's it's such a useful resource. Like, if you're gonna ever be a turtle expert, like, you need to memorize that website.
0: Yeah. So, but Napoleon was was a 1990 release, so he could have been out at this time. Yeah. So,
2: so, because Genghis was like first or second wave.
0: Yeah. He's not
2: not not first wave. Sorry, like second second or third. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's an 89 release. But that's, that's like my other thing though, is like Genghis, like he doesn't do anything in this episode really. Like he doesn't make a difference to the plot at all. Like he just kind of shows up, his tongue gets stuck to the fly. They find him, they pull him down and then he's just kind of there. like He's just there with them. There's, there's no reason for Genghis frog to be in there. He doesn't affect the plot. He doesn't do anything. It just feels like he's there. Yeah. Anyway. It would have been nice
0: if it was like, you know he knew something that helped them defeat the bugs because he knows about bugs because he's a frog you know yeah. like that that's the, one or two lines would have really helped there
1: you know yeah you know oh back in the swamp we use we use bug repellent you know and they're like oh man bug repellent that'll work you know something yeah.
0: like that <laughs> yeah
2: yeah like yeah. It, it sucks because like and this, this is this is from the next section because I really enjoyed seeing Genghis. Um, mm. but it does suck that like he really just didn't add anything to to this other than like you just kind of have the gag of like flies and then here's a frog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of it. But that's that's it for my anchovies on this one. Yeah, same. Uh foot soldiers are revolting. Um
2: this one, this one was okay. Like, it felt like a good episode. I think the animation is really what made it suffer for me. Yeah,
0: um, it looked like a like an early this season episode. Yeah, that's it, a, it a felt more polished when we got really. In.
2: Yeah, and, and it sucks because like the last couple like, episodes were animated very well, mm-hmm. um, and like we go to this one and it's kind of like, eh. um, the the amount of times they said "advanced wave modulator," episode <laughs> was
1: just kind of like
2: a little obscene. In my opinion,
1: yeah, it it was quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I, I've already complained about it before, but you know, just one of those. Another like Shredder and Krang are uh, really incompetent. You know, like they 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 complain about Bebop Up and Rocksteady, but these guys are, you know, blunder just as much as they do.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I, it it's annoying because like we've seen so many episodes where like shredder blames bebop and rocksteady and it's uh it's it's always clearly shredder's fault yeah yeah like the, shredder has no one to blame but himself and it's like the gag is just a get it's just getting old
0: yeah well and like krang's like all we have are these foot soldiers but like they also have rock soldiers and we know that they've been in contact with them it's like why aren't they using them I think we asked
2: that last time too, because
0: it's like I think we asked that every time, frankly. (laughs) Because they're they're
2: in Dimension X.
0: Yeah, they're fighting the neutrinos.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where like they've just become like so incompetent and everything else that it's just like really just pathetic at this point. Where it's like, why are these characters even still here? Like they don't truly challenge the turtles, like they they just occasionally menace and and it's like the most pathetic menacing at this point because it's easily overcome every time, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like it's, it's one of those things where it feels like they've run their course and they don't have anything more to like really actually do.
2: Yeah. Well, like, yeah, you can't get rid of shredder and crank cause they're the main bad guy. Like they're the, they're the ones that have toys, you know?
1: Yeah. And I understand that. And I, I get that, but at the same time, they, like I said, it feels like they've ran their course now at this point. You know, yeah. like they, they don't do anything. I'll say I was a little put off by that weird
0: Aquaman power that Alpha One had. Like I get that he has control over the other robots, but like I no, that was that
2: was a the... West, that was Westworld power.
0: <laughs> but why I mean... do you have to like touch his forehead and have like concentric circle waves coming out Because that's
2: of it? how that's how you show psychic powers.
0: See, I would but it's not psychic, it's robotic. I would just you no, know, because he eyes
2: they, glow he or... added his intelligence amplifier, added Bluetooth, so <laughs> that's how he connects to the other. <laughs> that's how he connects to the other foot soldiers.
0: Love it. All right, are we ready? To do uh, apparently, okay. So,
2: Turtlepedia, just one of the errors, uh, just stuck out to me is, <laughs> it says the volcano that the technodrome is stuck in, uh, is missing. In this episode. Oh yeah. Hmm. Didn't notice that. Uh April's missing her lipstick.
1: There's a lot. I like yeah. there's like several scenes where there's there was like multiple was, alpha ones. Yeah, there was a moment where there was like two alpha ones and then it cuts back to them again and you see that. Yeah, it cuts back to like the main alpha again. One. <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and like how how like coincidental that like the first foot soldier that he picks is Alpha One. Like Alpha One is like such a like a prototype name. Right.
0: You would have like had to that. been the first foot soldier ever built.
2: Yeah, like that's not that's not the name of a foot soldier, you know, you give mm-hmm. <laughs> this far into your war. Cause then it's like if you do like Alpha One, then maybe you have Alpha One through twenty-six for you know, letter or however, like, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like what is the, what, why specifically this alpha one is he better? Is he we'll the B one battle droid or is he the B two battle droid or is he the tactical battle droid?
1: He's the destroyer droid. No, but he, he, here's my theory. He made the very first foot soldier robot foot soldier was super proud of it. He kept it hidden away in his closet because it was like a trophy of like, man, my very first robot ninja. And then he's like, you know what's perfect for this? My very first robot ninja. <laughs> Let's <laughs> pull him out. We're going to use them. Well, one. then how
2: convenient that this one has the yellow mass produced. Uh, here's here's my again.
0: theory is that they made. My theory is that all of the robots are Alpha 1 because it's like stamped into his chest. I think there's yeah. been a cast of that. And never bothered to update it, so they're all just called Alpha One. It is only now realized that that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's like it's like the
2: it's like the stock tech, uh, stock stock gen stamps in the bottoms of the mousers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like that. They just never bothered to update it, so they're all secretly Alpha One. <laughs> all
2: right. Well, that right, was right. it for everything I got in this episode. Yeah, me too. Unidentified flying Leo. Just the whole episode.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> man, just. Why, why is leo scared of aliens like he suddenly like, has a fear of them and ufos and it's like you guys have ran into aliens several times now this is no surprise
2: yeah like you have gone into space multiple times at
1: this yeah point. you fight a brain from dimension x and an android body
2: like nothing about this should be <laughs> should be surprising to you
0: well even april's like i gotta go up and get this story about these ufos i'm like just wait around new york like the neutrinos just come come around every season yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, like you, you hit the nail on the head too. It's like everyone is so surprised that Leo exists and thinks he's an alien. It's like clearly they have like TV, so they yeah. would have known that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles exist,
1: right? Well, they don't realize that it is them until the very end when he says, There's, "You know, it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles," and the guy's like, "Oh man, it was one of those guys. Shoot, like he thought he was an alien." Yeah, the
0: the <laughs> reporter. The creature that had been on a talk show in the middle of the day. You, you didn't recognize him? <laughs> Boy. Why guys, why don't they just call April on the TurtleCom? Like, why do they they go through this whole plot of like, how are we gonna find Leo in April? There's six thousand small towns upstate, blah, 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 blah. They take all the time to call Vernon and Burn and have this stupid conversation. Like, just call April and
1: ask where they're going. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't get it. Also, the voice acting for a lot of, like, the people in that town and the voices they used were just terrible. Like, there was, like, that raspy one that was super annoying. Uh, there, there were several that were just not good. Yeah. The, sometimes I think that they just thought it was going to be, like, one line and then they were like, what? This character has, like, ten? <laughs> Shoot! <laughs> <laughs> like... I just Sorry. thought it was gonna be a throwaway line. Uh also, why why did the plants just start attacking people? Like that's never really explained. And did and did the did the scientist know that his plants were also going to attack people? Because he just wanted to make them bigger, but they also attack people. Did he know about this side effect? <laughs> well, so <laughs> yeah,
0: I get they get big, what but why do they also get sentient and evil? Exactly. And like I said in the summary, like he it, and within two of his lines he says i'll grow giant fruit and vegetables uh run all the other farmers out of business make a ton of money and he turns right around he's like and i'll destroy them all and it's like well which is it <laughs> like, are you gonna <laughs> make up your them, mind crush them under giant cucumbers or are you gonna sell giant cucumbers which is it on top of that when april gets kidnapped she's next to the vita Ray, and she tries to turn it on with her foot and the guy's like, no, don't do that. Then everyone will know about the Vita Ray. It's like, dude, you have it on an elevated platform sticking out of a hole in your <laughs> roof.
1: Like, how do people not know about it? Well, and then and then he also just kind of like stands there and just kind of lets her keep kicking at it. Like he doesn't, doesn't get over there and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa get away from that. I'm like, all right, yeah, maybe, maybe tying you to my machine <laughs> isn't the best idea. And why? They never explain. Why does he have
0: a helicopter
1: with a tractor beam on it? He, Why does the
0: helicopter need a
2: tractor beam? I know
1: so he uh is scaring the farmers away from getting and discovering his his beam. It's used it to scare people away, is what he said. All
2: right.
1: So that okay. that I do. That know. that still aggravates me because he also had a giant evil
0: jack o' lantern. He could have done that with, but
2: yeah. So I thought it was funny <clears throat> that uh in one of the shots it says feed cream above one of the stores, then it changes to feed grain. Then it changes
0: back to feed cream.
2: Hmm. I was like, what is feed cream?
0: <laughs> it's You know, it's how you get mad cow disease, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. This episode, guys. There's there's one point where Leo... Because I, I kind of skimmed over, like, most of this episode is Leo running away from uh, farmers and getting in the back of trucks and being rescued <laughs> and getting chased and getting in the back of another truck and getting rescued. <laughs> And he says at one point he says this is getting repetitious, but who's complaining? I'm like me, I'm complaining. I'm, <laughs> I'm complaining.
2: Care. I'm the complainer.
1: Hey. How many how many times is there gonna be this farmer driving by with his truck to save you yeah. from falling? It's in, ridiculous in the back of his truck. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's one of those things that's also just not very flattering for Leo because he spends yeah the whole episode running from everything. He runs from bowls. He runs from ufos oh that's right he, he runs from farmers yeah. he runs from plants he just spends the whole episode running away from everything
0: yeah the only thing he fights is a scarecrow which is already dead yeah and
1: just falls on him yeah not not, not a good episode not for my leo. favorite episode <laughs> this is supposed to be a solo episode to like showcase leo this is a terrible job of doing it okay. <laughs> That's I. I have so many bullet points, but I think I've said them all. <laughs> and so, for people who say that in Turtles Forever, when the turtles get scared and run away from uh, the shredder, yeah, like or every from time the some turtles of, from the Mirage every turtles, time somebody Leo,
2: complains about Leo runs forever, away. like these turtles in Turtles Forever, it's like you guys really need to watch <laughs> eighty seven.
0: Do you it's remember? It, it, this was the last episode, the Alpha One episode. But Leo like blocks a laser. And it, it hits a pipe above him and splashes him with water, and he's debilitated. Yeah, he's completely out of the fight at that point. It, yeah, they're they're not
1: good crime fighters whatsoever. <laughs> they're not good ninjas. And that's because Schroeder and Krang are also super incompetent. Right. Uh, should we talk about what we love about these episodes? I think it. so. Oh, I love being a turtle.
0: So right off the bat, big blood, big Bug blunder. I love that I can't say it every time. Um seeing Genghis again and Metalhead kind of kind of elevates this episode. Yeah, like, like Genghis because he's in this like cute little suit the entire time.
2: Yeah, like I, I said like um it, it it's really fun seeing Genghis again. It would have been nice seeing all of them. Yeah. But like it was it was nice um seeing him again. Like I don't care about the frogs that much, but it was like you picked the best one to come over.
0: Yeah. I like and like Jim,
2: there. it's Jim Cummings doing like his little Cajun voice.
0: Yeah. I do like when he first gets there and he looks up and there's that giant flying. And he
1: just looks at like, Oh my God, I the mother load. <laughs> and he runs
0: to the top of a building to try and eat it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing, I don't know. It's just always nice. I guess when they like, remember that the turtles, you know, have made friends with characters and that they're, that they have introduced other characters before <laughs> and they come yes. back. Yeah, you know, nice. it's like, oh wow, continuity. This is cool. built a whole world that they need
0: to use it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Spencer, you mentioned that like Genghis didn't really do anything. Yeah. And there's a part I thought it was funny, uh, that really illustrates this, where like uh, Michelangelo is in the grasp of the scorpion, and Genghis is like, Let me help you out, and he like cuts the the hose part of the fire hydrant off, uh, and Leo, like, kind of looks at him and he kind of sighs. He's like, Hey, great job, Genghis, but let's shoot it in the right direction. He picks up a manhole cover and like aims it correctly. Like, Genghis just, was just like, He was just so happy to help that he just did <laughs> something, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't got, the right thing.
2: Yeah, he says something like, He's like, My ex has got something to say about this or something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he totally doesn't help whatsoever.
2: He tries, and that's what's important. They're, they don't fight very many giant bugs down, true, true. down the swamp.
1: Fair fair enough. Fair enough. When the blimp gets popped in this episode, there's this moment where it just like doinks into the corner of a building. Yes. And like yeah, there's, there's something about too. it that's just really funny to me because <laughs> it's just like doink and it just stops right there and cuts. Like back to the yeah. turtles. We're not going to show this thing collapsing or that, you know, it's filled with scaffolding to keep it together or anything. It's, or, you know, whatever may be in the balloon of a blimp. We're just going to see it doink and it's just going to sit there and then we're just going to cut. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it bounces off the building.
0: You would expect it to go full Hindenburg, but yeah. And it, it makes the sound of like a mylar balloon when it does it too. Yeah. I, I thought that was hilarious. I'm glad you, you thought the same. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of it for that one. Yep, that's all I got too. Uh, Uh, But
2: soldiers are revolting. There's a line in there, um, where they say Irma burn and Vernon, and I just the way they said it was Irma burning Vernon, but it was Irma (laughs) burn and Vernon. Right. It was just funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I actually kind of it was more on the like enjoy side of this episode. I actually really liked it. Uh.
2: Yeah, I think this is the strongest of the three. Yeah. I
1: agree. Yeah. Totally. It uh Shredder and Kring are incompetent, and I've kind of said that, but this kind of like leaned into that a little bit to bring in like a more threatening bad guy kind of thing. Yeah. So like I kind of like Alpha One being like a plan of theirs gonna muck because it kind of subverts the the trope um early on, because usually you know the turtles will maybe turn it back on him at the end, but this one goes wrong right from the get-go. And so then he becomes the bigger threat, which also leads to the next part that I really liked about this, which is the turtles teaming up with their enemies because there's a bigger threat. I I like that trope in really any show where, like, oh man, this even bigger threat comes. Even though we're at odds with each other, we need to team up to take down this even bigger threat because it's going to ruin, you know, what both of us want. So we have to take it down together.
2: Yeah. Like it was nice seeing them team up with Bebop and Rock City. And then, like, especially when, um, Bebop and Rocksteady kind of forced them to trust Them and like cut the ropes Like un- untie them um, mm-hmm. Like I liked that uh, I thought it was really Funny when like they kind of Casually uh, Almost kill Bebop and Rocksteady With the with the d- Teleporter displacer at the end Yeah <laughs> Like he puts it back in shoots it at them right away And then it blows up and they're all kind of Like Okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did. <it. laughs> yeah, I I agree with this being the strongest episode. Uh, Alpha one was cool. Um, it made me want to play Ratchet and Clank up your arsenal. The third one, because that's also the plot of that game, where there's a killer android who wants to destroy all organic life. Um, there always is. Right, and there's there's one really good bit where they're running up the stairs uh, of the Channel Six building, and they're like, there's only twenty stories left. And Bebop just, like, keels over. He's like, can't we just let them take over the
1: world? Exactly how I feel about running upstairs. Cool. So then the final episode on Unidentified Flying Leonardo. I liked it
2: when it was...
1: You know, I do like it when the turtles are unknown beings that are chased around or like you know or or have to stay secret or hidden from people this kind of put leo back in that situation again and i i do like that theme and that thing for the turtles it's kind of gone for the most part in this series they don't really have to spend a whole lot of time in hiding i appreciate them taking it back to that for an episode
2: yeah um because it's like they're so well known mm. that like it's kind of nice when they get somewhere and they're not well known anymore
1: yeah and so like you know they once again kind of become an urban legend or a you know sort of cryptid for a minute and yeah. they're kind of running from whatever that thing is uh, it's it's a I don't know it's, it's the thing I like about the turtles is that they're kind of like rejects of the world and have to live in hiding and things like that it never fully really feels like that in the series but so it's, it was fun to see it in in this episode you mean
0: having a blimp with their name on the side of it isn't subtle
1: not at all, not at all. i not so
0: at i all. have much more i have two very superficial things i liked about this um one is the guy that helps leo the hillbilly his name is billy jim bob yeah <laughs> and there's a cool part when leo's running away from all these hillbillies he's running towards a barn he pulls out his sword and throws it at the barn and then uses the sword like as a spring to get into the open window on the second floor i thought that was a really cool move like i like seeing the turtles use their weapons differently than just hitting stuff you know
1: yeah yeah
2: Yeah, well, it feels like the nicest thing you could say about that episode.
1: It, it really is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So, three fun, classic episodes. I don't know. Good way to end season four. I kind of... a huh? Nope.
1: It's honestly... It went out with a whimper. So... Yeah, well, I, I know, kind of wish we had flipped unidentified Leonardo in
0: the, the Alpha One episode.
2: Well, yeah, you know, the true... Fun. The true ending to season four is, you know, the Hokum Hare episode, but I don't think it, anybody's, nobody's ready for that right now.
0: No. I thought that was the beginning of season five.
2: Well, it depends on the is, viewing uh, order that you look at, but yeah, it okay. is kind of, is it season four or is it season
1: five? Hmm. According to the, all the lists I've seen on the Turtlepedia page. It's season five, so I'm gonna call it season five.
2: So that's why we're doing it next.
1: Cool, cool.
0: I'm just excited, guys. We're we're through season four. That's a, this is the by far the farthest I've ever been into this show.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, I've seen season five episodes, but like this is, I gotta say, this is the most I've ever watched of this show.
1: Yeah. No, we we've put season four to bed. Like we got past the two mammoth seasons.
2: Like. I'm kind of excited to finish this out now There's
1: only five more seasons Or six more seasons But Yeah I'm on my seventh wind Like I'm, I'm ready to go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Oh boy
2: But yeah Can't wait to uh, Jump into those
0: next ones e Well, Should we uh, Should we break for some news?
2: I think so Keith take us in
0: This is April O'Neill of Channel Six.
2: So there wasn't much news this week. Um, we covered all the big stuff in our episode last week. Uh, but what was revealed yesterday morning were some more of the uh, the loyal subjects, BST action or BST AXN, best action uh, figure lines, more repaints of those turtles that they have. Uh, but these ones are done in kind of like 16-bit arcade colors. Um, they're GameStop exclusive, fifteen dollars or sorry, twenty dollars a piece. They're they're okay. Um, I think they're kind of. I think those molds are kind of getting a little long in tooth now, um, because that we've seen them so many times in the past year <laughs> since they've been announced uh, in so many different repaints and colors. But uh, I think the paint job on these is actually really good. I personally think it's better than the Mecha Arcade Turtles. Um, I just wish that that paint job was on the Mecha Ar- Arcade Turtles. I'm trying to find a picture of it.
0: Uh,
2: I haven't posted them
0: yet, but
2: yeah. Um,
0: okay. so I'm not a big fan of the, the, the pixelated look on toys myself.
2: I'm I'm not either, which is why I like this look. Uh, because because it's 16 bit. Uh, the pixels are, um, smaller, and so they create a more you know kind of 3D shaded effect than like the Neca pixelated ones, which are just big diamonds everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, even like Funko does that with their Funko Pots. Sometimes they'll make them all like pixelated. I, yeah, I just don't like the. I don't think it translates as well as as some other things it, it
2: has to be on the right type of figure and i think the um i think like i think the neca arcade figures are really good sculpts um for the arcade turtles but i think the paint job if they had this paint job
0: it would look really good okay Ooh, i haven't seen these all black ones those are pretty sweet
2: yeah those ones we talked about a couple of weeks ago uh those ones are really. That was a I believe it was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Uh
1: GameStop.
2: Um, GameStop. Well, it's it's at GameStop, but they were for Comic Con. Oh, I see. Okay. So GameStop is selling like the rest of
0: them. I do um, more online shopping during our news section than any other time <laughs> in life, I swear.
2: It's the only time we talk about all the toys. <laughs> yeah. Uh Keith, I saw that you got uh some of your holothon figures or yes, your I, target I the
0: Token Razor, which I've been eyeing those for a long time, but did not want to play, didn't want to pay scalper prices. And then uh I got Usagi Ojimbo the other day. Nice. I haven't taken him out of the package yet, but
2: uh I did too. I opened him up. Uh very cute. I like him a lot. Um I I'm he's a little tight in some places, and so on the NECA figure, that always worries me. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm gonna have to heat him up before I play with him some more. Uh, I also got my neutrinos finally, so you know figures of the year right there. Um, <laughs> I haven't opened them out of the box yet. Uh, I pretty much got everything I wanted from the geek out event though. like I got the hunchback Leo, uh, found that in the store. Uh, I got Usagi and the neutrinos, uh, and then I found Mummy Mikey um, nice. and then and Zach and Slash, um, which I only wanted Zach, so I customized the smash and (laughs) i made him look like my friend raul and uh i'm gonna give it to him nice he's a big guy he's a big guy too so i just i painted the hair black (laughs) there you go painted on like a little mustache
0: i have the chrome dome and i almost want to get the zach just to have chrome dome just beat the crap out of him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) you should yeah, uh,
0: I don't know if you've seen Night of the Rogues. It's a really good episode, but well, I, they're like, I know go that. take yeah. care of Chrome Dome. I'm like, here's what would really happen. Well, chrome Zach. Dome just on the ground punching this kid in the dirt. Yeah.
2: The Zach figure comes with the Chrome, like the Chrome Dome head that he reprograms.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: so, like, it comes with that. Like, it's open and it comes with like a little connector. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of people are trying to make that for their display. Um, I said, I got mummy, Mikey, uh, April, like Bride of Frankenstein, April showed up at some target stores, but she never went online on the website. So there's a little confusion about that. I never found her in stores, so I didn't, I wound up not getting her. But yeah, that was, uh, that was everything. All the toy news. There hasn't, it's been kind of quiet since, um, San Diego Comic Con a couple months ago, and I think and PowerCon a couple weeks ago. Uh, the next big one is New York Comic Con, um, which I don't know if NECA is going to be there, but I think they may have some reveals anyway. So yeah, all right. So Toy news? Any comic news, Spencer?
1: Um, nothing. You know, nothing really on the comic book front. Nothing news coming. Uh, you know, this week um there is what it was kind of teased i mean this is how dry we are on news it was kind of teased that maybe possibly you know if the Kawabunga collection does well enough and if there's enough people that want it we could get the rest of the konami games released in a collection the ones that came out after the year 2000 so like all they kind of said is like that don't yeah don't write it they say
2: yeah they said never say never never say never yeah which to me Seems like they were just kind of being nice, <laughs> and like, oh, never say never, kind of like, yeah, kind of speak. But I mean, to the people who want those games, like, you know, eat feet, eat feet, eat feet. Um, like, that's really the only one that I would want to be honest. Because I was thinking of like the other, like the two thousand three era Konami games, and there really aren't that many. There's oh. the there's the four. Console games, and then I think like one, um, one or two Game Boy Advance games.
1: Yeah, there's like a solid like six of them or so.
2: So there's there's not that many, and then like of those, like maybe two of them are good.
0: I don't
1: know. I like played I've... Game Boy games, and I never played with uh, that mutant melee. I haven't played mutant melee either. I I think it would be a lot of fun to to get it, but. We'll have to see if it ever happens. I think that it one's is... a little bit
2: harder because like you have the voice actors mm-hmm. when you bring that kind of stuff into it. Yeah. And it, it just gets, it gets a little weird. At that
1: point. Yeah. This, this may, this may be a pipe dream, but like what if they could just make it a DLC for the Bunga collection, you know, like an add on, I, I don't really see how that would quite work well. And they'd probably just want to sell it as a separate thing anyway but it just kind yeah. of stinks because the cowabunga collection is like such a complete collection where they've poured like comic book covers into it. They've included like screenshots from each of the episodes of like every cartoon series.
2: Yeah. Like they got uh, stuff from Rise in
1: there. Yeah. Which I was really surprised like- and so I was like, why it just sucks that they decided to stop before the year 2000 and not just include everything. You know, I, I imagine there probably are some things that get tricky with voice actors and things. But man, you know, like it was just so close to being complete, and they just didn't quite do it.
2: Yeah, and, I can I see know, where you're.
1: And a lot of people say the 2003 games, you know, aren't as you know aren't very good, yada yada. But I yeah, mean, I I've just... gone through. I've gone through, and I've played a lot of the games in the Cowboy Collection now. And I'm gonna be honest; they're not any more engaging than those games were. <laughs> <It's>, those were, <laughs> like, okay. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> So th- those not. ones
2: are those ones are very much like they're classic in a different way. Yeah, they're, like definitely they, of an era. They're, they're of
1: that era. They're of Whereas the like, era when you guys were growing up playing video games. No, no, no and- I get it, I get it, but also like they're <laughs>
2: they're also kind of like fundamental in other aspects of it. Like everybody's really surprised of um uh radical rescue. Like that's been kind of the breakout hit of like everyone like oh this is actually a good game
1: yeah like that one that one is one of the definitely and it's of the like, better ones it's like because yeah.
2: because it, it's a metroidvania before like metroidvanias were a thing you know and the kind of like it, and it just goes without saying like you know turtles in time is you know
1: was it though because metroid metroid i think well, already existed no, yeah,
2: Metroid, was, yeah. but yeah, no, no, no. Metroid, Metroid and Castlevania already existed, but Metroidvania as like that genre, genre. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um Radical Rescue is one of the yeah. Yeah, like
2: radical rescue is <laughs> one of those first ones.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it leans a little bit more into Castlevania because you know, Konami, but it's still like of that kind of genre, and it's like kind of a pioneer of that, especially like being on the original Game Boy. Um and like I was saying, Turtles in Time and the original arcade game are, like, cornerstone pillars of the beat-em-up genre. Like, there's there's a lot of history in this collection as well. Um, and the... It's... And, and I get it. Like, a lot of the games haven't aged well. Um, like... The original NES game obviously has aged probably the worst. It's still one of my favorites. Like I still love the soundtrack. And you know, I love I love a lot of the designs in it. Um but yeah, like it has aged the worst, and it is hard for a lot of people to play. And I think a lot of it is the kind of like everybody already knows it's the hard one. So you have like a lot of people that are like, oh, the uh it's it's the NES hard one, oh the damn level. Oh God, I'm never gonna beat that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that kind of taints a lot of people's views of it because it's actually not that hard, especially with the rewind feature.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I went through it and I just eventually got annoyed when I was driving around the party van and having to figure out where to where to go in that maze of of the oh, city stuff when you have to blow up the wall for
2: years. For years that was the last level for me.
1: Yeah. Because I did not know where to go. I, I'm, I couldn't figure it out and after a while I was just like I'm, I'm done I've had it with this game I have
2: it as muscle memory now um, so I'm a lot better at it uh-huh. um, but once I get but that's the thing is like now I'm playing it as a 37 year old man
0: and I get to like the airport
2: which I didn't know is like all of these locations were like named locations
0: yeah it's JFK airport it's
2: JFK yeah. like airport and then like the city is like Wall Street hmm Um like I I it's stuff I never knew, but like they put so much of that information that like was kind of lost um into this collection, like Calabunga Collection, man. Like that's that's one of my game of the year. Like I love I do love it more than Shredder's Revenge. Like I love Shredder's Revenge, but I really love Calabunga Collection. Probably as much or as a little bit more than what I expected.
0: Yeah, I agree with you both. I think it's an important part of history, but it's also three clunky fighters nine uh walk to the right and hit things and then the first nes game and radical rescue yeah (laughs) i gotta say what's ruined me though is uh infinite lives on manhattan project so i'm just like special move all the time
2: oh yeah (laughs) it's so good (laughs) um and what's funny is like i didn't even really use any of the other cheats or like enhancements as they call them Mm -hmm. um because i just use the rewind so often yeah and so it's like and I, I really like the rewind feature. And I, I like it. You, I, I mentioned this last time. You kind of have to like let it recharge because you can't just keep it. Rewinds like ten seconds, and then mm-hmm. you have to like let it recharge those ten seconds so you don't keep spamming it. Um, I really like that because it makes me try different things and like think of different scenarios to get out of getting hit in certain problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so
0: yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I would love to see a two thousand three
1: collection, though.
0: Yeah. yeah, maybe if we I, just
1: keep saying it and putting it out into the ether, it'll eventually happen. That's, My, that's what I'm hoping. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, like I said, I just, I just don't see how. Like, I, I get that there's the history part when it comes to cowboy collection, but I just, to me, it's just as engaging as those ones. Like, it, it doesn't really, it's not that big a difference. <laughs> I me. think it's, yeah.
2: it's, it's not that they're it's not so, engaging. It's, it's not that the 2003 games aren't engaging it's just they're not as they're not as groundbreaking as a lot of the turtles games the original turtles games were
1: i i don't know was the nes game really groundbreaking no
0: yeah absolutely it's, it's one of the best selling nes games yeah huh. yeah
2: all right it's, it's one of the best selling nes games it's like it's you know we were talking i was just saying like people know it like for its notoriety of how hard it is
1: um like it's but it's not even hard though because like they made it challenging it's hard just because of poor level design
2: well yeah but but that's but that's part but that was that was typical of a lot of games
1: you finish beating a boss and there's no life to replenish your life you finish beating a boss your health is almost depleted and then it's like oh yeah you want more health here, go into this warehouse that you can't get through without losing any life. It's freaking impossible because if you want to jump up through this freaking little thin platform, you've got a guy standing right on top of it. Oh,
2: that you I, can't know I know what you're talking about. Right I know what you're talking about. I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, and you can
0: absolutely do that without getting hit. Well, I was you know, doing well,
2: that. Well. With, I was doing that without getting hit when I was five years old.
0: Well, you guys might not be talking about the same
1: warehouse though no I think, I'm, I think i think we're
2: talking about
0: the same warehouse
2: it's the one where you get the missiles
1: no no it's not a missile warehouse mm. it's it's the one after you beat Rocksteady. Not no rock steady bebop so like you go down the sewer and you beat bebop you come out come out the other side mm-hmm. there's a oh that
2: warehouse right. in the first yeah. level
0: yes yeah don't go to that oh one. there's yeah don't the ever
2: other... go in that house that house is a waste
0: yeah, the other the other sewer has a, a small pizza. You can yes. go in and out of it multiple times. That's yeah, right just there. yeah, that one's oh, way well, easier. I didn't, but then, I like, I what's
2: really funny it. is yeah, the yeah. <laughs> there's there's that sewer that's next to that one with the pizza that has like the invincibility power up. Those that's only they're useless, and it's also like the only one in the game.
0: There's there's three. There's one in JFK, and there's one in the Technodrome.
2: I've that would explain why I've never seen. That. Yeah,
0: the one in JFK or the one in JFK is also completely useless. Like it's a, it's another warehouse that leads to a dead end.
2: So. Yeah, so it's like you go to you go to you get to the end of it, you get the invincibility power up, and then you have to use the invincibility power up to get out of the warehouse.
0: Uh, it's anyway, actually, it's the opposite. It's at the beginning, so then you're
1: trapped at the end and have to oh. your way back. It's the worst. It's the so oh, yeah, it's the worst. I love the NES game. It's anyway, so stupid. Long story short. I love the 2003 series games. Would love to be able to like actually get to play all of them. Great era, fun. I don't know. It'd be fun for me to play. Maybe they were nothing groundbreaking. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I agree with you. I,
2: I want. I want people who want those games to have them.
0: It's
1: yeah. also like much like the
0: Calabunga Collection. Like it just kind of archives those games for people. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I mean, and that's what, and that's really what's m- most important about the Calabunga Collection is that it is. It's the first time a lot of these games have been you know, publicly available officially since they came out. You know, they were never collected in any other collection. Uh, the original NES game was re-released on the Wii virtual, uh, virtual console mm-hmm. uh, back in 2007, because um, I remember I bought it then because they, they put it out as, like, a special promotion with the 2007 movie. Yeah. You know? And so, of course, I bought it, and it was more expensive than other NES Virtual Console games, like a whole dollar more.
1: Yeah, it yeah. was six bucks instead of five. Yeah, but um, anyway, you guys have a small peak, listeners. You guys have a small peek into uh, whatever we may end up saying and covering when we actually cover the NES game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: I think I think we should, should just do it this. Whole... Makes
1: it a lot easier for us, doesn't it? To do it one. does. Heck yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, it's going to make it way easier to cover the games. We
2: should really get that Twitch stream going.
1: Yeah, I'm down. So, oh, are,
0: uh, are we done with the news? Is there any other news? I think that's, I think uh, that's okay. it.
1: Okay, yes. Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going into season five of the 87. Oh, seasons. we are! So episodes one, two, and three. So that's the
0: turtle in the hair, once upon a time machine, and my brother, the bad guy.
2: Guys, Thanks. we did it. We we're finally it. getting to hokum hair.
1: Put put episode four, to, I mean, season four to bed. Get into hokum hair. We're finally you, getting into were, hokum hair. Yeah, if you're following along with the DVDs, all right, you're going to notice that uh, it is not in the right order on the DVDs at all. Super butchered. This first episode, the, the turtle and the hare, that's going to be on the final disc of season four. The second episode is going to be on the season 10 disc in bonus features. And then the third episode you will actually be able to find on the first DVD. <laughs> Holy cow. So we're following crazy. the
0: media list, not whatever yeah. whatever butchery happened on the DVDs. On the DVD.
2: <laughs> Absolutely crazy. All right, guys. Thank you again for checking out yet another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, thank you again. Um let us know somewhere on the internet what you thought of the episode on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, uh, and TikTok uh, at Ninja Turtle Power Hour or Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, not the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely don't do that one. Um, leave us a review. Leave us five stars or however many you deem us worthy. Um, and yeah, love you. Take care.
1: So that's our show this week, guys. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. What a
2: revolting turn of events this is.